0: Good morning. It's December 8th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's title is Living in the Flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5:19 19-21 ESV People unfamiliar with the jargon used by the evangelical branches of the Protestant churches may actually have no idea of what, quote, living in the flesh, unquote, means. It can be confusing, especially given that the Hebrew word for flesh is used 180 times in the Old Testament and in the Greek, 142 times in the New Testament, with a total of 14 other uses, translated as flesh, but actually representing four other Greek words. Flesh may simply mean the stuff of which our bodies are made, as in the famous Galatians 2.20 passage. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, New King James Version. In the flesh, in this case, simply means the physical body. But the word flesh, used in our opening verse above, clearly means something quite different. In fact, the list that follows would seem to imply that works of the flesh include every base instinct and behavior of mankind. Not insignificantly, the much better known passage Galatians 5.22, which immediately follows, contrasts the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. One more point. Frequently, the writers of the New Testament substitute the concept of worldly for flesh-like, and the world for the secular, unbelieving peoples. Statements like, the world hates you, John 15.19, and do not love the world or things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15, bear this out. So does living in the flesh simply mean doing bad stuff, sinning as it were? Well, not really. The best way to think of it is that whenever you are living in the flesh, you're not living in the spirit. Steve McVeigh puts it this way in his book, Grace Walk. Don't think of flesh as skin, but as personal techniques for meeting your own perceived needs, apart from Christ. Your flesh life may not necessarily be defiant towards God. Walking after the flesh is simply relying on your own ability instead of God's resources. Relying on our own abilities becomes a liability when we do so rather than relying on Christ. Some religious people rely on their skill and dedication to influence perceptions of them and get the status they want in the church. Others rely on their people skills to advance them in sales or management or relationships. Some use their wealth or appearance or education, in their behavior patterns to try and get whatever they want. McVeigh points out that the best synonym for living in the flesh is probably self-sufficiency. Americans tend to value self-sufficiency as an asset in life, but Christ abhorred it. Remember he promised to abide in you if you abide in me John 15:4 Our Savior wants us to be dependent on him. Many of us Christians, before we understand grace, Think that it's all about what we can do for God. We use our talents and abilities to do and make things that we believe will please him. This despite the fact that it is our faith he desires, not our performance, Ephesians 2, 8-9. Instead of using your own strength to do for God, let God work through you. That is what the fruit of the Spirit is about. If we submit our every need and decision to the indwelling Spirit... Whatever flows naturally from that choice will be the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The Bible is full of men and women who thought faith alone was inadequate, so they would help God out with disastrous results. Abraham and Sarah decided they had waited long enough for a child, so they had Abraham impregnate their maid. Moses didn't think tapping his staff on the rock to get water would really work, so he tapped it multiple times. The chosen people thought they knew better than God and decided they would return to Egypt in their own strength rather than enter the promised land that Caleb and Joshua had spied out. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, one of the disciples drew a sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant instead of trusting that Jesus was in control. The list goes on and on. If you want to avoid living in the flesh and being enthralled by worldly things, then keep your eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12.2. That simply means develop your relationship with him. Study him, talk to him, bring him your problems and your pain, listen for his response, discuss him with others, and you will increasingly display the fruit of the Spirit, naturally allowing the Savior to work through you to the benefit of all around you. Dear Heavenly Father, help us resist the temptation to strike out and work for you in a fervor of effort to attain your pleasure and approval. Instead, let your Holy Spirit awaken in us, such that the fruits that result will allow us to submit and permit your Spirit to work through us to accomplish your purposes rather than our own. Amen.